Late last week, the Supreme Court came out and said that the president's decision to forgive student loans, or at least portions of it, was not within his power to do. And as a result, a lot of people are now looking and saying, well, I thought that maybe I wasn't going to have to pay back $10,000 or $20,000 or portions of the loans that I had. Now what? Well, those payments are set to resume unless something else comes down here in short order. But we're talking about student loan forgiveness right now with the founder of Axios Wealth Management as he is joining us here today, Chris Fansteel. It is wonderful to have you on KDK. Thanks for jumping in on the program today. How are you? I'm doing well, and thank you for hosting. Yeah, Axios Wealth Advisors is the name of the company. So, Chris, what was it when you wanted to start a company, when you wanted to start a firm? What were you trying to accomplish for your clientele? You know what? It's it's interesting. In financial planning, so many advisors have so many different niches, and, and, you know, folks pick an advisor that really fits what they're looking for. For us, we had a lot of clients that were in medicine and a lot of clients with, you know, advanced degrees, and that meant mountains of student debt. So for us, it was being able to talk through a financial plan and, and make it mindful of student debt and, and, and by starting our own and, and working through the Axios way, we've really been able to build strong financial plans around and including the student loan strategies. One of our sons recently graduated from medical school, and when he uh, graduated from medical school, the uh, amount of debt that is there is not insignificant, as you can imagine. And he went to medical school in Chicago, which is not a cheap place to live (laughs) on top of that. The number that they told him was to plan on borrowing $80,000 a year for the four years that you're in med school. So how do you help? If somebody has got $300,000, now here's this little less than that, but if they, if you've got $300,000 as you're beginning your career and, and you've got that hanging over your head, how can you provide some level of, um, uh, of encouragement that, okay, we're going to be able to deal with this, handle that, pay it off, et cetera, moving forward? Rick, you won't believe my next couple comments. He's actually the perfect person to go through the, the, this type of conversation. As he finishes medical school, he wants to make sure that he's filed a tax return. Mm-hmm. Even though he made no money in medical school, yep. file that tax return, it tells the government you made $0. Right. And when you tell them that you made $0, he'll be able to qualify now as, as he's starting his residency, I'm sure. Yep. He'll be able to qualify for an income-driven repayment calculation. And those were usually referred to as revised pay-as-you-earn or pay-as-you-earn. And when you do those, they're formulas. And when you multiply anything by zero, you get zero. zero, See, and I'm not even a financial planner, Chris, but I'm staying with you. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. So his payment becomes zero. And in some of the income-driven repayment plans, there's a interest subsidy for unpaid interest. Mm -hmm. In others, there are payment caps. But what will happen is whether his training period through residency and maybe fellowship, whether it's three years, five years, seven years, who knows what what pathway he'll take, but no matter how long it is, he'll be able to have a very low income-driven repayment calculation because residents and fellows are far from their peak earnings at that stage. Mm -hmm. And if he ends up working 
and any of his peers or co-residents end up working in a nonprofit setting, like a UPMC, an AHN, a Cleveland Clinic, if they work in a nonprofit setting, they only have to stay in those formulas for 10 years, and then their entire loan is forgiven tax-free if it's federal debt. So 10 years, 120 payments, and the majority of them, if you train for a long time, are calculated off a much smaller income than their mm-hmm. future peak earnings. Right. Also, if they're really creative, when they go through their big pay raises, right when they finish training, and then the year after when they get a full year of income as an attendant, because physicians start their careers in August and September after residencies end at the end of June, right. if they file tax extensions and they use their last year's income again on their loan recertifications, and then their tax extension kicks in and affects their payments like 20 months later instead of right away, then they can always have their payments trail their income by a couple of years. Now, I tell my clients to budget as if they owe the whole payment and put the difference in a savings account or something like that, an investment account with us, Mm -hmm. so that if they change careers midway through loan forgiveness, they're not left hanging. Right. Right. I want them to feel like they have the budget room to tolerate this problem, and I want them to feel like they have an asset building up so they can pay the loan off if they ever needed to. But, you know, someone like that in, in medicine, I mean, you might be able to get rid of that debt for quarter on the dollar. However, there are others who still have significant student loans who are 34 years old, who have been out of college for 13 years, who are still paying on them, who are looking at this and saying, Chris, what do I do? I'm, I'm not a physician. I'm not somebody uh, who is an attorney and, and has that a huge income that I can look forward to at the end. What do I do? What do you say to them? So the same rule applies if they happen to work at a nonprofit. Let's say that they're a nurse or a school teacher, or you know maybe they work at Animal Friends in the North Hills. If mm-hmm. someone works at a nonprofit, the same rules apply. If they don't work at a nonprofit, but their loan balance is still much higher than their income, then those folks can get their loans forgiven if they do a 20 or 25 year program. However, it looks like they'll be paying taxes on that forgiven loan, whereas folks that work in a nonprofit get their loans forgiven after 10 years with no tax. So for some folks, it's simply do the same protocol, but it takes a longer time. For others, it's going to be we go through this ramp-up period that the Biden-Harris administration has now promised us that the Department of Ed has communicated, where over the next year, you slowly ramp in your payments, and, and, and for many people, it's just going to become time that we fit this into our budgets and, and we tackle these, these payments. But we always know if the debt stays federal, that there's opportunities to ask for forbearance or grace periods where you have 90 days of no payment if you run into financial hardship. Mm-hmm. And there's also ways that you can adjust your payments so they're calculated you know, based on your income. So it can always be a budget-friendly number. And they're also offering us now, they're communicating a new payment plan that works sort of like the revised pay-as-you-earn payment, but it'll be cheaper. So the, the, the payments that people were used to making, if they enter the new save plan, actually should be more budget-friendly than the old income-driven plan, uh, repayment plans were.
Chris Fansteel joining us here on KDKA. Again, the name of the firm that he is with is Axios Wealth Advisors. What about, Chris, if you did a private loan? What if you did it through a bank and it's not federal uh, loans and it was done through a different lender? Are you out of luck? You're a little bit out of luck, but also maybe in luck. If, if the lender was you know, a, a typical like Sally Mae, those loans can be higher interest rates. Um, and the folks who have those can refinance to another private lender, possibly, as long as they have some some uh, strong credit scores mm-hmm. and save a little money on interest. But these federal programs do not impact any of the private loans whatsoever. Okay. Uh, so, so if it is a, a Sally Mae loan or, or, you know, another lender, you may feel out of luck because the federal programs don't help you. But with good credit, you can refinance those to low rates. And there are a lot of people who borrowed money for their student loans at 4% or 3.5% in the last five years before interest rates went up. Mm-hmm. So, so those weren't terrible decisions by any means. If, if, if folks went ahead and refinanced, they might have locked in very inexpensive loans. Right. Right. A lot of things to think about, Chris. Thank you so very much for, for jumping in here and talking about these things. There are a million other questions, I'm sure. And if you'd like to get in touch with Chris, again, the name of the firm is Axios Wealth Advisors here in Western Pennsylvania. Chris Fansteel is the founder. Chris, thanks for being with us on KDKA. Thank you very much. Yep, great stuff there from Chris talking about what's going on with student loan forgiveness and the options that are out there, even with these changes that have occurred.